Welcome to the HeartStrong Discipleship Podcast. Visit heartstrong.life forward slash login to access the notes from today and all the benefits of our membership community. One to the two and two to the three. Let the world see the Holy Trinity. Let's become HeartStrong Disciples of Jesus together. Well, it's it's really nice uh, to uh, uh, to to meet everyone and uh, to do this again this morning. And if you weren't uh, with us yesterday, uh, I uh, I uh, reside from Smith Falls. <laughs> I pastor at Bethel in Smith Falls, and uh, we uh, we we've been here about eighteen years. And uh, when we came here, I had a five year old, a three year old, and a five month old. And now they're uh, ones in ministry, and ones uh, ones doing engineering, and one just graduated from grade twelve. So that's a, that's a tiny bit about me, and it's a real joy and a real honor uh, to do this. And thank you so much for for tuning in so early in the morning. Uh, Laurie, Pastor Laurie asked me if I'm a morning person, and a couple days a week I get up early and play squash here in town. And with another pastor, and we pray together. Uh, but I must say, the back-to-back early mornings, you, I must, I, I must give you credit. Uh, I think I would really have to change my nighttime, uh, <laughs> my nighttime plan to uh, to to do this uh, as regularly as all of you do it. Um, we're in Deuteronomy chapter twelve this morning, and I mentioned yesterday Deuteronomy. The word Deuteronomy means. Uh, uh, the second law, uh, or the yeah, Deuter meaning second and Nomos meaning law, and it 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 uh, really speaks of the second reading of God's law in the fifth book of the Bible in Deuteronomy. I'm going to start at verse one and just uh, read some of the verses together today. These are the statutes and the judgments which you shall carefully observe in the land which the Lord. The God of your fathers has given you to possess as long as you live on the earth. You shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations whom you shall dispossess serve their gods on the high mountains, on the hills, and under every green tree. You shall tear down their altars and smash their sacred pillars and burn their ashram with fire. And you shall cut down the engraved images of their gods and obliterate their name from that place. You know, they've come into the land. We talked uh, yesterday about uh, the land that they were given. They've come into the land, and the question is, what are they to do? And the answer is, they're to destroy all things idolatry, everything to do with the worship of other gods. You know, it's very strong. It's don't live with it. You know, don't put up with it, don't cohabitate with it, destroy it. Yeah, let's continue to read verse 4. You shall not act like this towards the Lord your God, but you shall seek the Lord at the place which the Lord your God will choose from all all your tribes to establish his name there for his dwelling. There you shall come. 
There you shall bring your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, the contribution of your hand, your votive offerings, your freewill offerings, and the firstborn of your herd and your flock. There also you and your household shall eat before the Lord your God and rejoice in all your undertakings in which the Lord your God has blessed you. So, Yesterday, we learned about obedience and putting God first. And in that, there came reward. Uh, we talked about, uh, you know, it, it talked about the former rain uh, or the early rain and the late rain. They talked about oil. They talked about grain for your field, grass for your cattle, uh, the importance of putting God first, uh, but not only spiritually, but actually responding to God here in giving. It's very interesting. Uh, that yesterday we learned about God's provision, and here the beginning of Deuteronomy chapter 12, as they've gone into the new land, when they put God first, we see a response to God's provision. Listed here in verses 4 to 7, we learn about offerings and sacrifices and tithes and the first fruits and votive offerings. And so right away, uh, God is uh, is really... Uh, setting up, if you will, uh, stewardship, how we are to respond uh, to the faithfulness of God. And, and uh, you know, I think it's really interesting that, you know, one minute uh, the writer Moses is talking about uh, idolatry and destroying things that are against God and, and really compete, if you will, with God and our worship. And then in the second thing, he's He's talking about that we need to show God, because uh, obviously one of the greatest idols that people have is wealth, is money. And so we need to show God that when God is faithful to us, what we give back to God. And we'll talk a little bit more about this as, as we continue here. Um, verse 8, you shall not do at all what we are doing here today. Every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. For you have not as yet come to the resting place and the inheritance which the Lord your God is giving you. When you cross the Jordan and live in the land which the Lord your God is giving you to inherit, and he gives you rest from all your enemies around you so that you live in security, then it shall come about that the place in which the Lord your God will choose for his name to dwell, there you shall bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, and the contribution of your hand, and all your choice votive offerings, which you will vow to the Lord. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God, you and your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, and the, Le and the Levite who is within the, your gates, since he has no portion or inheritance with you. Be careful that you do not offer your burnt offerings in every cultic place you see, but the place which the Lord chooses in one of your tribes. There you shall offer burnt offerings, and there you shall do all that I command you. When you cross over, the Lord will show you where you are to worship and what you are to bring, your offerings that you're to bring. Don't, it, says, uh, it says near the end of that uh, in verse 13, don't offer your burnt offerings in every cultic place you see. You have to realize that it's from God 
and you have to uh, don't give anyone else credit for them. I want to tell you a story about this. There's a uh, maybe you've heard uh, before a, a term. Is anybody? Can anybody just give me a wave? You ever heard the term syncretism before? Anybody ever heard that term syncretism? Okay, uh, basically it's the it's sort of taking things from different uh, belief systems and uh, sort of whatever works. And and uh, let me give you an example. When I was a when I was a teenager, I had a very close friend of mine, and uh, we were quite close. And uh, he had a, a Roman Catholic uh, sort of background, and. Um, and we, we were pretty close friends, and uh, his sister went missing. And so the family that came from uh, sort of an old old European uh, background, uh, the first thing they did was they went and they uh, they they went and they found the priest in town, and they asked the priest if he would pray for them that they would be able to uh, to find uh, their sister. And so he prayed uh, with them uh, for a couple of days, and they didn't hear anything. And then soon after that, the mother of of the daughter, um, after that didn't work, uh, she went to the uh, the fortune teller in town. She went to the fortune teller to see if if um, the fortune teller could could help them. You know, and it's it's an example of what I would call syncretism or an example of where, you know, people sort of uh, would go to whatever they could uh, to try and get an answer. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this, what I would call the the Canadian, if you will, spirituality uh, in a few minutes. But it's very clear here that the Lord says uh, when they crossed over into the land, he didn't want them worshiping in a place where before it was um, used uh, as as a cultic place, you know, he wanted uh, God wanted a separate place uh, that was solely for His purposes, and so we'll talk a little bit more about that as we continue here. Verse fifteen. However, you may slaughter and eat meat within your gates, whatever you desire, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which He has given you. The unclean and the clean you may eat, and and as, sorry, you eat of it, of the gazelle and the deer. Only you shall not eat the blood, you are to pour it on the ground like water. I just want to talk a little bit about this passage here. I'm not going to, we don't have time to uh, to do as much on this, this portion here. But uh, I want to read something to you from the B, uh, the B series commentary. It says, long before science discovered the significance of the bl- of blood, the Lord declared that life was in the blood and that the blood should be respected and not treated like common food. If a Jew slaughtered an animal at home, he was to drain out all the blood on the ground before the meat could be cooked and eaten. If he brought an animal to be sacrificed at the sanctuary, the priest would drain the blood beside the altar if the ritual called for it, the priest would catch in a basin only blood enough to sprinkle about the altar. By following this procedure, the Jews not only showed respect for God's gift of life, even to animals, but they also showed respect for the animal that gave its life for the worshiper. 
The Jews did not eat meat frequently because it was too costly to slay livestock. So when they did slaughter animal, they were to do it with respect. They could take that animal to the sanctuary and offer it as a peace offering and then enjoy eating the meat as part of the special feast. Uh, verse 24, you shall not eat it. You shall pour it out on the ground like water. You shall not eat it so that it may be well with you and your sons after you. For you will be doing what is right in the sight of the Lord. Only your holy things which you have and your votive offerings you shall take and go to the place which the Lord chooses. You shall offer burnt offerings, the flesh and the blood, at the altar of the Lord. The blood of your sacrifices shall be poured out on the altar of the Lord your God, and you shall eat the flesh. Be careful to listen to all these words which I command you, so that I may be well with you and your sons forever. For you will be doing what is good and right in the sight of the Lord. When the Lord your God cuts off before you the nations which you are going to dispossess, and you dispossess them and dwell in the land, beware that you are not ensnared to follow them after they have destroy, are destroyed before you, and that you do not inquire after their gods, saying, how do these nations serve their gods, that I also may do likewise? You shall not have thus towards the Lord your God, for every abominable act which the Lord hates, they have done for their gods." For they burn their sons and daughters in the fire. Whatever I command you, you shall be careful to do, and you shall not add or take away from it. So the question uh, that uh, that Wearsby talks about in his book is, why do the Israelites need to destroy all the altars? You know, we've come into this new land, and right from the very beginning of this chapter in Deuteronomy 12, he says, we're going to destroy all things idolatry. Why do they need to do this? Well, uh, let me just read this. It says, human curiosity, the inhabitants of Canaan had grossly defiled their land by their personal conduct and their ab ab abom sorry, abominable religious practices, which included sacrificing their children uh, to small gods. All right, I want to just give you uh, like literally a, a three-minute lesson on this here. There are four things that uh, we read in the Old Testament, and it comes up time and time again, and it comes up all through the readings of the kings. Here we are in Deuteronomy, but if we go forward to some of the historical books we read in the kings, um, one of them is uh, Asherah, okay? Uh, Asherah was a fertility goddess. She was the mother of Baal and was often symbolized by a wooden object, like a, a tree or a pole. And Asherah uh, was the mother goddess of 70 gods whom Baal was one of them. Okay. And when it talks in the scriptures about to tear down the high places, most of these poles or these idols were erected in one of the higher places in the area. The second one is Baal. Baal was a common name for master or lord, okay? Baal was a, a, a geographical god. So depending on where you lived, um, you know, there would be different Baals uh, that people would worship, you know, to get to pray for, to sacrifice to, to get their rain or, or, or whatever they believed. Um, 
there was efforts to appease Baal, and one of them was the sacrifice of humans, and especially the firstborn. And so we just think of these barbaric practices that are going on, that Israel comes into this land, and these are just common forms of worship that they are involving themselves in. Uh, another god that's mentioned in uh, in the in the Old Testament, the worship the worship of is Moloch. Moloch, the Hebrew word for Moloch, means king, and um, it was a name of a pagan deity to whom human sacrifices were made. All right, and uh, this is it's absolutely barbaric when we start thinking of it. Like you know, maybe some of you asked that question even when you read this morning. Like, why did they? You know why would they tear everything down? Why would they come in and 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 take over the land and and basically dispossess? Uh, tell people, you know, they had to go, and uh, you know, there was lots of of things uh, that were going on there. Uh, even in Israel, King Manasseh, who was one of the most evil kings, um, sacrificed his firstborn to the God of Moloch. And so we see just how it's hard for us to even comprehend uh, how, uh, you know, how, how evil uh, it was in this time. And, you know, it's important to understand um, that, uh, you know, when God spoke this uh, to the people, he didn't want them to cohabitate or to live uh, with, with, with this type of evil. Right. And so uh, really all through this chapter, we see the seriousness of God wanting the Israelite people to separate themselves from idolatry, to separate themselves from these practices. Uh, we're going to move over into uh, into Deuteronomy chapter 13, and, and we'll tie some of these things uh, together. If a prophet, verse one, if a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you, and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes true concerning which he spoke to, to you, saying, let us go after other gods, and let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. The Lord your God is testing you to find out if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall follow the Lord your God and fear him, and you shall keep his commandments, listen to his voice, serve him, and cling to him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has counseled rebellion against the Lord your God who brought you from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery to seduce you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you shall purge the evil from among you. You know, I want to go back to when I talked in chapter 12 about that idea of syncretism or that that family that, you know, they went to the priest and then that didn't work. So then they they went to the fortune teller. You know, this is huge in our society. How many of you have ever heard this statement before? Yeah, I'm not I'm not a Christian. You know, I'm not into I don't go to church. I'm not into religion stuff. I'm 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 spiritual. I'm spiritual, you know, uh, uh Often what this means is, is I worship whatever prophet or whatever dreamer there is that comes along that says something that kind of agrees with my spirituality, you know, 
you know, we need to be very careful. I want to give a, a caution, a teacher a caution here this morning. Don't believe everything you read or see or hear on the internet is from the Lord. <laughs> uh, I don't know about you, but I found uh, during the COVID season that we have walked through, and I'm believing that we are through that season, amen, that all kinds of people, uh, you know, the internet was in front of them. They were home, they were alone. And uh, it's amazing how many people have become uh, what I would call uh, self-appointed prophets, uh, anointed speakers, um, on, on behalf of, uh, of God and how many people have, have, have found all kinds of information uh, on the, on the internet. That's, uh, you know, really interesting to read. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the internet. We're all on it this morning. It's wonderful that we can be together at six o'clock in the morning, uh, reading the word, but I, I just want to share a few things here, uh, about, um, Things that we need to test when it comes to prophets and the, the term that uh, the writer uses here, dreamers, okay? The first thing is uh, when we're listening to people, when we're influenced by people, who is their covering? Who are they accountable to? You know, anybody can just, you know, put up a shingle and start giving people advice or start giving people spiritual advice. Who's their covering? Who do they answer to? Is there someone that is... Uh, you know, that they, 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 they submit to, you know, in my life, there's many coverings, you know, I have, a, I have, a, I have the covering of, of my denomination, the covering of, of that leadership. I have the covering of my, of, of our, my board at the church. I have my family covering uh, my accountability uh, with my wife, uh, but who is their covering? Secondly, are they in the word? Like when you're, when somebody's teaching you, when you're, when you're listening to someone, when you're reading something, are they just kind of sharing something out of their heart or is, are they actually uh, reading the Bible? Like, are they actually uh, using scripture, you know, and how are they using scripture? Are they looking at it like we're trying to this morning in the context of what's happening within the passage? You know, the third thing is what happens when they're wrong? <laughs> How do they how do they respond? Like if they actually make a mistake, like they're they're a prophet, you know, and they they prophesy and then they make a mistake. Do they like, well, yeah, that's not what I really meant was this, and eventually it's gonna happen and whatever, or do they just own it? You know, because in the old testament, uh, when somebody was a false prophet, they were stoned, you know, and so obviously we don't do that today, but you know, like where is the accountability in what they're saying? At number four, are they teachable? Do they come across like, you know, they just, you know, they just, no, that's what you're saying. You know, you, you try and offer a suggestion to them and they're like, no, that is not from God. This is from God and you're wrong. And, you know, or are they teachable? Are they willing to listen? You know, and lastly, does it edify the body? You know, anybody that's involved in, in prophecy, uh, anyone that's speaking on behalf of the Lord, it says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4, that one who prophesies, sorry, one who prophesies edifies the church, all right? The word there literally is the word to build a building, right? And you know, some of you have heard that old term edifice, right? To build up. And are they building up the church or are they just doing their own thing and have their own agenda? All right.
Um, the last thing, uh, I'm not going to be able to read all of the last passage from uh, Deuteronomy 13, 6 to 18. But if you read it, it, it goes back again to this whole idea of in the land, not having anything to do with idolatry and tearing down things that represent another God, worshiping other gods, you know, and, and some of it is really strong language. You know, it talks about, um, you know, uh, in the cities uh, that people live in, you know, um, we don't want to serve other gods. Um, you know, um, you shall, in verse 15, you shall surely strike the inhabitants of that city with the edge of the sword, utterly destroying it and all that is in it, the cattle, everything, you know, when you read it, it's, it's hard for us in, you know, in, in modern, in our society today to read this and see this. But I think what we need to take from it is, uh, is, um, is the lesson uh, that uh, idolatry, anything that, that is against uh, God's uh, plan in our lives and our worship of the Lord that can distract us from that relationship, that we need to take it seriously. Maybe a question, a great question that maybe we can discuss this morning or something I want you to think about is what does idolatry look like today? You know, where do we see it? And how can we tear it down? You know, I see it trickling into people's lives who are strong believers. You know, I, I just recently I was uh, I saw a post uh, of this lady uh, who I know has been raised in the church, and there she was, you know, at the yoga studio, and right behind her, on the wall that she wouldn't even know was one of the gods of the Hindu religion. It was right there. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm just here Sunday morning, you know, doing some yoga. And she doesn't even know the influence that is involved in that kind of practice. But now so many people are involved in that. We have to be very careful what we allow in to our lives. You know, the Israelites would not coexist with idolatry when they did they were influenced by it. You can see all through. You read the Kings. You read, you know, Kings and Chronicles, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles. You know, it, they went through this. It was almost like a, well, it was. It was a cycle. You know, they would, they, they'd start to uh, worship other gods. You know, and then uh, the Lord would bring His judgment, and then they would repent, and then they would come back to the Lord, and then the next king would come along, and and. You know, when you look through it, like through the whole king's list, you know, like, um, you know, thank God for, for, for Josiah. But there were so many kings in Israel that were influenced, you know, by, by other gods. And you see during that time, the time of the prophets, you see Elijah and, and his, you know, his confrontation with the, with the prophets of Baal. And so uh, just like Israel today, we have to ask ourselves, Lord, where is there in my life any idolatry where I would go to something else before I would come to you? You know, what things in my life do I worship? What things in my life do I give more time to uh, than I do to, uh, to you? And so really, uh, this theme is, is throughout both of these chapters. And uh, I want us to think about that. I want us to think about... Uh, 
our lives, our families, you know, our churches, our communities, where do we see this influence? And we we need to ask the Lord to raise up watch men and watch women. And I have a suggestion, people that are up at six o'clock in the morning because they want to get into the word, like all of you that are on today, (laughs) and those who will be listening later, I have a suggestion. You're already in the word. So maybe God is going to raise you up as a watchman or a watchwoman to watch over your family and to make sure that, um, you know, you're not influenced by the idolatry in the nation of Canada because there it's all over the place. And we need to ask, Lord, what is there in my life? Help me to stay in the word and be encouraged. But what is there where these this idea that I shared with you about this young girl and her family, this, this syncretism where we just, we go to wherever, you know, we read the paper, we get our horoscope, we go here, we go there looking for things or, or we, we, we look for prophets, we chase after prophets. And no, we have the word of God. And we have the Holy Spirit that abides in us, Amen. That's uh, that's uh, you know, and and uh, He's in us, and uh, He will He will guide us and direct us. And I'm so thankful today that here we are in Deuteronomy, and we can uh, we can find this caution, you know. And obviously, it's different, you know. You don't walk down and see an erected, uh, you know, Asherah pole or something uh, downtown Smith Falls. Well, you might uh, if if you look carefully, but, uh, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a different world, but, um, I, I believe we really need to heed God's, uh, caution today. And, uh, it would be my honor to just pray with you. And then, uh, I'm going to turn it back over to Ingrid. Father, I thank you for this lesson today. And it's a long lesson. It's hard to, 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 uh, to get all of it, but in Deuteronomy 12 and 13, when the Israelites went into the promised land, went into the land that God gave them in this particular case in Deuteronomy, and uh, how you told them to to get rid of of all idolatry, anything to do with it, any you know, any high places, any places of worship that were not from you, God. I just pray, Lord that you would help us to reflect on this and ask the question, Lord, is there any idolatry in my life? Is there anywhere in my life, Lord, where I've put something else in front of you, something else before you, Lord? Is there somewhere where I would go before I would go to you with anything that I'm dealing with in my family? Lord, I pray that you would help us to see those things that creep into our lives. Lord, I also pray that we would not seek, as it says in the in in the scripture here in chapter thirteen, you know, the prophets and the dreamers that that tell us things and are worshiping other gods. Lord, Lord, there is definitely an amazing place for for prophecy and for people to speak into our lives. But let's make sure, Lord, that they are influenced by you and you only, Lord. Father, I just pray that you would watch over us today. And that you would just bless our, our the rest of our time and our discussion in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to visit heartstrong.life to access our daily blog for even more encouragement. Visit the Heartstrong shop with all kinds of merch like hoodies and t-shirts and mugs to remind you of this journey of discipleship that you're on. 
you can log in to heartstrong.life forward slash login to access your member content, resources, and downloads. We have live Bible studies for adults, students, and a Bible boot camp for kids. Let's become heartstrong disciples together.